Unlock the past and safeguard your memories with ScanMyPhotos.com. Here's our special promo code, GoDigital, to get a whopping up to 50% off your photo scanning order. Don't let your cherished moments fade away. Digitize them now with precision and care. Whether it's old slides, photos, or films, bring them into the digital age and relive those precious memories. This is an affiliate promotion, meaning we may earn a commission if you take advantage of this fantastic deal. Act fast, preserve your history, and save big with Go Digital at ScanMyPhotos.com. Hi, I'm Maureen Taylor, the photo detective. I really love family photographs, all of them. From the mystery images you find in shoeboxes and albums, to the pictures you snap with your digital devices. No mystery is too small. A simple question about an image can lead to new stories of your ancestors. This means you can count on me to help you identify the people in them, offer solutions for preserving and organizing them, and yes, even guide you in the various ways to gather and share picture stories with your relatives. My guest today is Elizabeth Smolish, and she has a really fascinating project that I know you're going to love. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being on The Photo Detective. Thank you so much for having me, Maureen. This is such a pleasure, and I love how how much our practices overlap. So you have this project called The Encyclopedia of Things. That's right. And I can't remember how I came across it, but as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is so cool. This is so close to what we do with photographs, but you do it with objects and just everything, right? That's right. How did you come up with this idea and what, explain to everyone what it is. So I think it, my, my artistic practice, practice closely relates to my history as a person. And my parents first immigrated in 89. So Gen X and older know exactly what happened in Europe in 89. The Berlin Wall comes down thanks to Ronald Reagan. And, and, you know, there were other people involved, but it was, you know, the famous speech in front of the Berlin Wall, Ronald Reagan saying like, Mr. Gorbachev, take this wall down. So then my parents moved to Germany and then later, and I then I grew up in Germany, and then 13 years later, I moved to the States. So because I moved twice every 13 years, essentially, I I only, you know, you only, as an immigrant, you only carry that many objects with you when you shift from one culture to another. So you have to be very specific about what it is you're going to take with you. So I guess it was always, I, it was always on my mind. And then in 2012, when Sandy flooded New York, I realized that my friends whose lives were affected by the flood, all their belongings were damaged and we would be throwing out everything away except for certain items. And I realized like, oh, what, what is it about these objects that they would refuse? What, what is the reason they would refuse to part with like old cassette tapes from the 80s? 
Or what was the reason you you would you would not want to part with a hat that was you know in salt water that belonged to your grandmother? And it took me a little time to figure out how to approach the project because my friends in Dumbo, it was it was the third friends that I visited, my friends in Dumbo, and they took me from the cellar to the ho- to the apartment, and then they proceeded to show me Keith was very, you know, he had all these objects and was telling me about the stories of his like school uniform and a bus pass that he kept from when he was a child. And there were all these stories. And I just left the home and I was, and I took photographs of each single object and I left the home and I was like, this is, this, this is a project. There's these objects have these, they hold these stories. They're the keepers of, of time. This is an old story, right? Yes. Because our immigrant ancestors could only bring so many objects with them. So what were the most important things that would remind them of their family that they bring with them? We have too many things. We're we're awash in stuff. And I think that's part of the sort of minimalizing Mm -hmm. thing that's going on where it's like, get rid of all your stuff that's unimportant and just boil it down to what's really necessary for you to, to tell the story of your life or your parents' life or your grandparents' life. I mean, this is a cool thing. And I had a guest on the podcast. I don't know if you know him, but his name is Louis Takis. And no, I have to go back and read. You should listen to the episode with Louis Takis because he's been researching the Augustus Sherman Ellis Island photos And in a lot of those photos, the people have things that they brought with them. And then when he tracks down the descendants, they still have those things. So it's an amazing project that you started, but you started it not just, I mean, it tells your story, but the Encyclopedia of Things is about, it's bigger than that. It's bigger than your story. Yes. So I collaborated every time I travel, I will collaborate. Now I'm in Germany. I will again collaborate with people here in Germany. I was awarded the National Endowment for for the Arts Grant to collaborate with a whole town in New Jersey, in Gatlinburg, New Jersey, which is the fascinating thing about that town is that it has, it's the most densely populated town out of all of the United States because it's only, I think, 11 blocks wide and four long and four blocks wide. But it has like these three brutalist towers at the by the water. And essentially thousands of people live in the towers. And then a few other thousands live in the 11 blocks. But yeah, everyone is there. I worked with someone from Ghana, from Peru, from Cuba, from Turkey. I mean, you name it, India. I mean, so many people. Like it's like a little, a little miniature version of the world. So I photographed and worked with all these people there, like you know, from nurses to policemen to teachers. Again, you name it, I I photographed that person. And it's it was just such an amazing project that was facilitated by Gutenberg Arts, which is an amazing arts organization and very supportive of artists and the town itself. So, you know, I it's it's great to to work with a councilman, you know, and photo and you know, his family lived in that town for generations versus from working with someone who just immigrated from Cuba. So how did that project work? So there's probably how many people living there? 
a small town. I think in total, it's, I think, 9,000 people. 9,000 people. So you've got yeah. a potential 9,000 people. How do you then, did you put out a call to say that you're working on this? You got some news media coverage, hopefully. People came yes. forward. So it was people from from the, I would like go to like town meetings and, you know, promote the project. But most of the work was actually also done. I was just in the library. I would sit in the library and whoever came in, I would talk to them and I had my little setup. And so, because it's like not everyone is comfortable with a complete stranger coming to the home. You know, if I would do the project with you, I would come to your house and then suddenly you ha- you have a stranger in your house and suddenly I'm asking you about your life and your whole story and you start looking for objects everywhere in your house it's very yeah <laughs> it can be very intimidating but yeah. the people like once I told them about the project they were like and I I offered like I can photograph you know there's a table and there's a white wall and we can just set it set your installation up here on this table and I photograph it and and you know they live right there so it was just very it was very organic that people will bring the objects and even if they would forget one they would just run back home and bring it and what kinds of things did they bring it's usually the objects usually represent people so of course the the first the first group of people are the immediate family like parents siblings and then grandparents uncles cousins and then it's you know then as you know we all have best friends we have lovers we have teachers we have mentors so and some of the people leave or give us objects if they were instrumental in how we developed as a human being so and sometimes even strangers so they would have a representation of the people essentially that were important to them. And then the next group of objects represent time. So people would have something from, you know, the moment they were born that that their parents always held on to because of some sort of event that occurred during during the first, you know, weeks of their lives. Or later, you know, maybe something else happened, but maybe they had like a stuffy that that they were very attached to or you know it just goes between like childhood teenagers and then 20s 30s 40s 50s 60s 70s 90s the oldest person I worked with was 93 so and what did they bring she had you know in the end it was really it's really it's really interesting there's moments in people's lives where they really shed a lot of objects yes so it's around like late 20s early 30s is the first shedding so when i work with people in like late 20s early 30s they don't really have that many and then objects and then in mid 50s is another round of shedding that takes place so then again there's a reduction of objects. And in her case, she had this beautiful representation of her daughters through vases that were relating to the wedding days. And there was one vase that her first husband was killed by the Nazis and her second husband, she met him. I remember the story was that she met him when 
she clumsily opened the door and she broke a vase. And then she replaced that vase with a new vase. And that was the vase that she still, she passed away. So she had that vase. So she, he was like on top of her installation. And then around him were four vases of her daughters. And then, you know, she had a little figurine, a sitar player that her best friend gave her when departed ways in Tehran that she bought with like the little money she had and she never saw her again. Mm. And oh, she had a book of poems from her childhood. Well, you know, it's interesting. So just you're right about the time periods in your life when you shed stuff. So, and there's reasons for that, right? So you yes. are in your twenties and then you shed stuff and there are people that you shed as well. Oh yeah. Right? There are, Big time. I was explaining to to like a young person I know that was getting married. And I was like, how many friends did you invite to your wedding? Because I guarantee you that hardly any of those people you will ever know when you get older, they just, life happens and they move on. But I have been recently, we moved my mom who is 93. And it's, it was interesting to see all these little things that she'd kept. You know, there was a vase and, I thought this is a vase from when they first got married and this has to have some significance that she can no longer remember, but I'm not getting rid of this vase. This is important. And she had this little envelope in one of her bureau drawers that said important, important. And I go through there and there's not one, but two photographs of her mother from around the same time. And I'm like, okay, well, these are important. It's little paper things from her life, but it's also two pictures of her mom that she didn't want to lose. And I'm at the point in my life where I'm trying to shed stuff. I don't need all this stuff that I had from my kids when they were little. What's the most important thing I want to keep? And so how do you advise people? Are you telling the stories of the objects or are you letting people tell the story of the objects? And then Are you putting them online? Do you have a blog? I published a book and it's... Is it the Encyclopedia uh, of Things? It's the Encyclopedia of Things, yeah. (laughs) I don't think I've ever met anyone who has, as you did, done this on such a large scale with an entire town. Yeah, and I mean, I... Again, I have like... Every time I travel, so I I photograph people in the Middle East. I photograph people... You know, in the in Asia, I photograph people in Europe. So, I, and you know, it's an ongoing project. It's it's something that I really love doing. It's 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 also it's almost like I learn about life itself by working with people because mm-hmm. the stories. You know, if I would ask you, what are your like three most important objects? you would probably tell me three amazing stories of things that happened to, to you where the objects that objects are representative of it can be something you know like just it can be something that is you know things that we for example one of the i mean it can something be as simple as like a pen you know one one man i worked with said some like this my father died i went to his his study room and it was a pen on his desk. And I know that, and it was a note. And I knew that this was the pen my father used to write this note. So this was the last object that he touched. And I took it. Yeah. yeah. You know, just, just really thinking yeah. about 
how we grieve, how we, of course, there's joyous moments, right? Like it's like my baby was born and this was the first thing. I mean, I have the same thing. I, I kept the first onesie that my daughter. Right. You know, I, this is the object that I'm keeping from. So there's like, but life itself is complicated. There's breakups, there's, you know, affair. There's like all these things that happen where we up-level as a human being. And there's things that that then these objects are teaching us about. So when, if you want, I don't know if you have a story. So then you encourage people to pick an object that's important to them and to tell you the story of them. And then you photograph them, right? Exactly. And so first you would gather all your objects. Because usually we have, you know, there's more than actually make it into the final installation. And then, you know, now that I'm talking to you about this, I'm going to come to your house when I'm back in the in the States and do the, do the portrait of you. <laughs> so you, you gather all your objects and then, you know, we look at, you look at everything. I, I'm there to like facilitate the conversation between you and your object, essentially. And then we start, we just start with the most important one. And we usually clear a surface, usually a table that is in front of a neutral wall. And then you start with the most important one and you place it. And then you, you look back at the group of objects that you have and you're like, okay, what, what else needs to be in that portrait that describes you, who you are? Mm-hmm. You know, and then you take the next one and the next one and the next one and you arrange them. And then usually you... I, I will ask you to go behind the camera because you have to kind of feel like feel the objects, feel the installation. Like you, I'm guiding and I'm, you know, sometimes when you're behind the camera, I will like ask you, you know, how do you feel about, you know, rotating this object or maybe, maybe they should be more together. Or what do you think about like little movements? And you would like direct me then. And, and you would tell me like, oh, this needs to move this here. Try this there. This reminds me of a school assignment my daughter had where when she was, I don't know, second grade, maybe. And I don't, I think the fire department came, you know, and talked to them about fire safety. But anyway, they said to her, they said to the class, everyone should have a firebox. Yeah. Which is the most important things to you that you can grab on your way out the door. Yes. And she took that and ran with it. And she drove us crazy. She had this little shoebox of her most important possessions. And she wrote on the top, my important things, you know, the whole thing. And that's essentially what you're asking people to do. Now, for for me, I have objects from my childhood. And I actually have them in a box in the closet. Yeah. (laughs) And these are really important to me. I'm never getting rid of them. You know, it's like, this is my childhood in this box. But then I have like ancestral items that have been passed on. Not a lot, just a few. And then I have like a couple of things in my office that I keep that I'm never getting rid of. So, you know, when I think in terms of having this conversation with you, and then I think about the stuff in that, in those little bins, I mean, I'll tell you, you, you asked me, you said, what are your three most important things? Yes. Right. So things I will never get rid of. One of them is I have my baby bracelet from when I was born, which, you know, now a baby is born and they have those, you know, things on their wrists. Right. But when I was born, I'm old enough. It actually was beads. 
a little beaded bracelet. Now you never put a bead thing on a baby now, but it was my name in beads. And I have that. My mom saved that. So I don't, I don't think I could ever part with that. Oh, you know what? I have it on my desk. That's how important it is. There you go. See, yeah, it's always near me. Yeah. I have, I don't know if I can cut it down into three or four objects. I have my doll, the doll I had when I was little. I mean, today kids have lots of dolls, right? I had one doll. We didn't have a lot of money. I had one doll and I love this doll. And I have her up with my cameras, the Betsy McCall doll. She had movable joints. And one of the reasons she's so important is when I was a kid, there was this little mom and pop store down the street for me. The Snows, Mr. and Mrs. Snow ran the store and I could go in there and she made doll clothes and she made doll clothes big enough or small enough because it's a small doll for Betsy McCall. So she, Betsy had an entire wardrobe that I still have made by Mrs. Snow. How she, how she made those little things, I'll never know because she had the patience of a saint. The clothes are so small, you know, and then I have my very first, well, not my very first camera, but the camera that I had the most fun with when I was a, a kid. I have that up on display. I'm never getting rid of that camera. That points the direction of my life. So th- those are three. I mean, I keep them. I guess during this conversation, I'm thinking about what you're saying. And I'm like, yeah, these things are like right next to me. The bracelet, the doll, the camera. Yeah. And then you have the additional ones in boxes. I have my original stuffed animals, my two stuffed animals. I don't know what else. Oh, a handkerchief from my grandmother because she always gave us handkerchiefs. That was what she did. Yeah. And then I, you know, have little things like I've been going through the basement (laughs) trying to decide what to keep because there's too much stuff down there, but I'm going through my kids' stuff. What is the most important thing that I have for each of my children? And what do I want to pass on to them uh, as what this is important to me about your childhood? Hopefully it is also important to you. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating, this, this story of things. And of course there's photographs, which... Do people bring photographs as things? Do they consider their their photos things? So one of the thing, one of the you know properties of a photograph is that there is like an age, right? So there's photographs that were taken on film, and they if they don't know what a negative is, they don't know how to reproduce it. Then usually, and this is the only thing that they would have of someone. Then the photograph, there is photographs, but they're usually very old photographs in in the installations. And then there is, there was only once, because now everything is digital. So, So photographs, if they're just digital, they live, but there was one person I photographed in Switzerland and she said, you know, I don't have a backup of this drive. And all the photographs of my grandchildren, my, you know, everything from the last, like, whatever, 20 years, all the photographs of on this hard drive. This hard drive has to be in the photograph. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so this is, it was very, it was very funny because she. It's funny and she, scary at the same time. Yeah. But she was like very aware. She was just like, I don't have a backup. 
I believe, of course, that photographs are great storytelling opportunities, as you do with things and objects. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it's it's also like when you know when you touch the the objects, right? When you touch your first camera, it like it like you time travel. You like really go back. You do. Like I can just talking with you. I can pull that Polaroid swinger off the shelf, right? And just by having it in my hand, the memories flash through my brain. Yeah, I, I oftentimes feel like photography is much more about really looking at the world through that viewfinder. And learning how to see or learning how to observe. Yeah. Well, it goes, yeah. you know. They go together. They go together. Yeah. One one does not work without the other. <laughs> so what's what's your next what what what's comes next for you? What what where are you taking this now? You're in Germany. You're still interviewing people. You're photographing them with their yeah, objects. I mean, I I'm I'm a conceptual artist. So there's the the next show. I'm going to have a show in September in uh, at Leslie College, Leslie University, up in Cambridge. Yeah. Uh, so, but that show is it's 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 about extinction. It's kind of you know even though it seems like a completely different project, you know, this, our overconsumption is causing the extinction. Mm. So they're linked in that sense. But I was very interested in thinking about what happens to us, even though, you know, we, we might not understand like which, spe- you know, because 200 species die every day, right? Right. We don't know. We don't, we don't know what they are, Right. But I see, it, especially with my students, that there is this grief that that is very present, and they're very once every semester, once a sem- like one student a semester makes a project about our relationship with nature or the the extinction itself, and really this conversation that I'm then having with the students, they're very like I can I can tell that they just they feel this loss. And we don't really talk about it, and it's 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 almost it's very cathartic when we when we have these presentations and they're just like, I don't know what to do. This is it's like they all know that this is something that that you know we co we're cohabiting this planet with other species, and suddenly they're like disappearing because we have too much stuff. You know, I'm like I'm sim- I'm simplifying, right? It was literally like one of the it, it was an, a lady. I I don't know how old she was, but she was older. Her husband passed away, and she had this beautiful apartment, and it was like you know like one of the top in, in that in these towers, like one of the like penthouse apartments. And she's like, you know, I'm I had an amazing life. I had I love my I love my husband. I love my children. You know, and these are the objects I will I want to be cremated. These are the objects I will take to my grave with me. Everything else I'm slowly giving away. I don't want to leave stuff behind. So yeah. now I'm completely in, and I, Elizabeth, I am going to be purging. <laughs> there was like a, this amazing book by Frank Frank Hartman. It's called Empire of Things, and it kind of talks about how. You know, it kind of started in China. I forget which one dynasty, but it was like this trend of like having objects as like status. And so it's what are the most important objects in your life and what story do they tell? And, you know, do you have important objects like I do for your childhood, from your you know marriage, from your kids, from your parents or grandparents? You know, how do you break it down? But also for me, what are the most important, significant photographs that I've ever purchased? But it's in the case of collectors, I did a little bit of of research about 
what it means for when people collect things. And it kind of like trickles down to this idea that we collect ourselves. So it's the same it's the same gesture of these objects that we collected representing us for my with my project. The collect the the collectors that I worked with when I you know they already told me this in different words and then I was reading about this a little bit that when we collect we are collecting who we are. So yeah. it will be your your most difficult task actually to narrow down your collection. It will be much it easier for you for you to purge <laughs> your house. It's totally awful. Anyway, yeah. I want to thank you so much for being on the photo detective and I can't wait to see what else you're up to. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media, leave me a rating and a review. And if you know of a friend or family member who's also interested in family photographs, share this episode with them too. See you next time. I'm thrilled to be offering something new. Photo Investigations. These collaborative one-on-one sessions look at your family photos. You and I meet to discuss your mystery images and find out how each clue and hint might contribute to your family history. And trust me, these images can reveal so much in your research. I have decades of experience in the photo, genealogy, and history industries. This is your chance to learn from me and discover the stories in your family images. You can find out more by going to MaureenTaylor.com and clicking on Family Photo Investigations.